Well, good morning, family camp meeting family. Come on. <laughs> good morning. You're there. That's good. <laughs> I know it wasn't your own bed you slept in last night, but you wouldn't normally be doing this on a Thursday morning either. So we are so thankful to the Lord for each of you, for each family and each individual that is here. As Mike and Connie said, sometimes it can be a challenge to even get here. Never mind, sit still long enough to gain a blessing. The message Carolyn and I would like to share with you this morning is the first in a series that we are putting together about marriage. The album is called Reestablishing Marriage. And each message in there, this one is Reestablishing Reality. Uh, Friday night, it'll be reestablishing romance. And it's going to be extremely family appropriate. <laughs> okay, I, there's, I, I've learned that there's, there's two different understandings of that word romance. But don't say any more, you've got to come back to find out. Amen. <laughs> the third one is reestablishing reasoning. And the fourth one will be re-establishing resources. But we're just going to have the first two here. This one, re-establishing reality. What we mean by that is God's design, God's reality for what a marriage is supposed to be like. We want to start with a little intro. Um, I don't encourage you to necessarily follow the news because, I mean, there's some parts of the news that are extremely important for us to be tuned into, but, you know, a lot of the news is enlarged upon. <laughs> How many of you have known the real happenings and then seen it reported in the newspaper or the television only to find out, well, that's not what happened. That, that happens all the time in the news world. But there was something in the news that we did do some checking up on, and it was indeed the case. And that was there was a 55-year-old Englishman, not me. <laughs> I am English, but I'm not 55. <laughs> he was um, an amateur metal detector. So he used to go around. He got this little metal detector from a yard sale, $3 he paid for it. And he would go around searching for treasure. And he was over there in England. It was last year, May of last year, or June of last year. And he was in his friend, his friend was a farmer, and he was in his friend's field going around, you know, with his little headphones on and beep, 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 and all of a sudden beep, 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 beep. So, he, you know, that happens as you, you know, find just a, a little bit of nothingness. But he started digging and he found gold. And so he, he, he was amazed. There must be more of this. You wanted to say something? No, not at all. All right. It's just such an interesting story. <laughs> and as he was going around, he found another piece of gold and another piece of gold. Eventually, he found, over the period of several days, 1,500 pieces of gold. Some of it dating back 1,300 years. The 7th century. He didn't know that at the time. But as he took it in to have it valued, it's now in the British Museum, valued over a million dollars worth. He had to share the proceeds with his friend <laughs> and uh, the British Museum. Somehow they got something out of it. <laughs> and he that found it. Go ahead. You know, marriage can be a bit like that treasure, can't it? It can kind of get buried under things. Has your marriage become buried? Hopefully not dating back from the 6th century, right, or the 7th. <laughs> Marriage is a precious treasure, friends, and it's time to unearth it and dust it off and bring it out to where it should be. Um, I wish we had the new album cover that this message is from, but it will be here later. And you're, you've got to take a look at the picture. There's a big rock on this picture with the word marriage written on it. And on top of that rock are piles of other rocks, words you can relate to like children, work, stress, etc. burying marriage. You've got to see it, and you'll really get a feel for what we're trying to express. But you're probably, some of you are sitting there thinking, 
my marriage needs more than a dusting off. <laughs> it needs Maybe a... he's digging up. That's okay. <laughs> Some of you might be thinking, well, our marriage is pretty good. But friends, every single marriage in this room could be better than it is. Amen? Amen? Amen. Well, we want you to, uh, we're going to conduct a real brief survey here, okay? I'm going to give you a little bit of an idea, it's not conclusive, but where your marriage is. Okay, question number one, are you holding hands right now? Not five seconds after I said right now, but (laughs) were you holding hands when I said right now? Okay, put your hand up if you were holding hands when we said right now. Okay, Tom and Elaine were holding hands. <laughs> Paul and Carolyn were holding hands. A couple here. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for those three families that were holding hands, those three couples. Now, the rest of you, if your spouse isn't here, you can do it in your heart. But if your spouse is here, hold their hand. You may have to move around. We yeah. don't mind that. It's if no the living. children are in the way, move the children. <laughs> There's a message in that one statement, you understand. Great. I appreciate seeing some maneuverings. And men, it should be you that's moving. If anybody is moving, it should be the man. Okay. But praise the Lord. A lot of you were sat together. Praise the Lord. Thank you, brother. (laughs) Next question. How much time do you spend per week, just the two of you? Are they supposed to answer that? No. (laughs) No. How much time, just the two of you, think about that? I'm not talking about sleeping in the same bed. I mean talking together. How much time, just the two of you, no other distractions? Just think about it for a moment. Question number three. Do you know what your spouse is studying in their devotional time? Could you tell me right now, yes, they're in Romans chapter 2, or they're in Ephesians chapter 4, or... Proverbs 31. Mm -hmm. All right. (laughs) Could you do that? That's a connection point, isn't it? If you've got no idea what your spouse is doing, then that's a distance that we need to narrow down. When was your last date together? Just the two of you. Doing something special, just the two of you. Think about that. Like we said this will be quick. And you know, our problem is we can't preach holding hands because at least <laughs> yeah, I can. preach with my hands and my hands do lots of things. So, <laughs> When was your last date? Are we talking a matter of days or a matter of decades? <laughs> I don't know. You know. When was the last time you gave a gift or a card or a little something that was not at Christmas or birthday or Valentine, just an in-between, uh, just because I love you type of thing. When was the last time? You can talk to each other, it's okay. Last week. Last week. We have a new expression in our family, it's called glowy. I said, you know, when you do that for me, I feel all kind of glowy. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> Go ahead. When was the last time you worked together on a project? Now, that sounds a little bit more kind of on the boring side, but, you know, when it's just the two of you and he's using the wrench and the screwdriver and I like to get there and hand them to him and just kind of be there. When was the last time you did that? Maybe you've never done that. If you haven't, you've got to get home and find a job to do so you can try it out because it's just a real blast. When was the last time you said, I love you? Maybe you're in the habit of doing that every morning or every evening. If it's not a habit, then when, when did it last happen? Now, let me ask you the question. Does your, does your marriage need re-establishing back to what God really wants it to be? Is there room for improvement? Yes, there is in each one of us. So this morning we want to look at two things. The first one is what buries our marriages? What is it it starts to? We give you an idea with that cover illustration of the kinds of things that can bury marriage. And then, of course, if we left it there, it would be depressing, wouldn't it? We'd all be able to relate to something or another there. We're going to look at the solution, how to reestablish the reality that God has for us in our marriages. So, as we start digging up our marriage, and, you know, depending on how long you've been married, we've been married for 22 years, so we've, you know, it's, it's had a lot of things that can kind of come in. As you dig it up, just like that gold that the guy in England found, it didn't look very pretty. 
he probably didn't think it was worth a whole lot until it got cleaned up. And then he said he was dreaming. Gold was coming from every direction in his dream. As you dig up your marriage, maybe it's going to look a bit kind of dirty and not quite so inviting, but clean it up, friends. And this is what we want to share with you, how it can get cleaned up. And it can look like it's worth a million dollars, too. How many of you have had the experience of your eyesight, whether it be you know, reading or distance, You've had the experience of your eyesight slowly disappearing on you. Things start going blurry. You know, it happens somewhere between 40 and 50. It's pretty much guaranteed. And if it hadn't, hadn't, hasn't happened at age 50, you know it's coming real soon. <laughs> For me, it happened at age 21. I would drive along and I would think, why can't I see those signs? I mean, they come and they go. And I, haven't, I realized that I needed to go and see the, the eye doctor. As I went to see him, he asked me, so, Paul, how did you get here? <laughs> I didn't know what that had to do with having my eyes tested. I said, well, I just drove here and parked in the lot. He says, you're not driving home. <laughs> my eyes were that bad, but it had happened slowly. I knew there was something wrong, but I didn't know there was something that wrong because it had happened slowly. That's how it is with marriage. Friends, we, we start taking each other for granted. We don't hold hands as much as we used to. And it just happens bit by bit. And we become used to this new normal. But if we were to be challenged, yes, this new normal is not the normal the day after we got married. Yeah, there's, a, there's been a difference because it happens over years. We tend to miss it. I, I can remember being in the, in the uh, eye doctor's office there, and you, you, any of you have been through this experience, they put this great big contraption over your eyes, and they start dropping these lenses in, and it's like, wow, <laughs> that makes a difference. <laughs> Friends, we hope this camp meeting, you go home and you say, wow, I see clearer now. This has made a difference in our family, in our marriage. You know, marriage is, um, I want to say marriage is the foundation of the family, but that's not true. Jesus Christ is the foundation of the family. But marriage, a healthy marriage is extremely important, vital to a healthy family, spiritually healthy family. Because oftentimes we have parents who come to us, hey, Paul and Carolyn, can we talk to you? We've got some issues with our parenting, you know, the children are driving us crazy. And we, you know, we sit down and we talk together and it's not very long into the conversation before it becomes very evident to everybody that this is not a parenting issue. What is it? It's a marriage issue. Mom and dad are not on the same page. Dad's got his ideas of how the children should be brought up. Mom's got her ideas and the clash means that they don't put out a united front to the children and it doesn't work. And they think it's their parenting and oftentimes it's marriage. Friends, a, a healthy, Christ-centered marriage is fundamental, that's the word, fundamental to a happy family. That's why we want to spend some time on that subject this morning. So, what can bury marriage? Let's get really practical. One of the things that can bury our marriages are commitments, too many of them. Maybe it's getting involved in different social engagements. We all like to have people over and do things, but if you're having people over and doing things all the time, you may be actually doing that to fill a gap that's right here that you don't want to face. So that's one. Missionary endeavors. Missionary endeavors are fantastic, but if that's what you do and you never do anything here, that can bury your marriage. Big one there. Committees, board meetings, all of those kinds of things, entertaining. They're all commitments that we take on that can be burying the marriage the Lord has given us. Most things that bury marriage are good things. Church. Now, we are not opposed to you going to church. <laughs> we do it too. <laughs> Please don't think that for one moment. We need to be involved in our local churches. But if we are so involved that your dear wife is saying, sweetheart, can't you spend some time with me? No, sorry, I've got to go to another meeting. I've got to give another Bible study. And sorry, I'll get to you later, later, later. Church and church activities are burying a relationship that is talked about in Scripture 
as indicating the relationship between God and his people. Friends, don't let the good things, even church, bury your marriage. How about children? Do you think our children could help to bury our marriages? What do you think? I've got to stop here. (laughs) I thought you would. (laughs) Congregation, we need you to be a bit more vocal. (laughs) All right. I know we're a long way away and we're kind of, you know... (laughs) Uh, we don't ten feet like, above you. We but. don't like being up here, by the way. We'd rather be kind of down there somewhere, but this is where it is, how it is for here. So. so is there anybody out there who would confess that there have been times when their children have buried their marriage? Anybody? Thank Amen. you. I'm fe- otherwise, well, I best come sit down there and then you come here because we can say that our precious children, you know, born out of our deep, tender love and affection for one another... Our precious children can eclipse the marriage that God gave to us. It ought not to be. And if it's happening, and it happens without even noticing it, you know, children kind of come in and they take up all your waking hours and half of your sleeping ones, it seems, before you really kind of get this whole parenting thing down. And then you've totally lost sight of who this wonderful person was that you actually married in the first place. If that's happened to you, Praise the Lord, it can change from right on from here on. Isn't that exciting? Amen. Uh, It's very exciting to me. Here's what I've observed, and it happened to me. See if it resonates with any of you. I love my dear wife. I had her all to myself, kind of. We can't get that close because it makes the mics do things. (laughs) But that's a shame, isn't it? (laughs) But I had her all to myself, so to speak, for eight years before we had children. And, you know, we were happy that Hannah came along. You know, we loved her with all our heart. But now Mommy had lots to do with Hannah. And I had lots to do with Hannah because you were sick for those first six weeks, if you remember. So it was me that was doing a diaper and all those kind of things. Not all the things, you understand. But... And, then... <laughs> and, and then Caleb came along... And, you know, time moved on. And I remember thinking one day as, you know, as Carolyn is busy with the children, and I'm just being honest with you, you know, I'm not saying this is right, I'm just being honest. I felt left out. It's like, it was me she married, not them. (laughs) Hello, remember me? I'm your husband. Oh, are you feeling bad, hubby? And she'd put her arm around me. She'd go back to the children. <laughs> now, you're laughing. But They're laughing ha- because it's happened to them too. I hope so. It's reality. No, I don't hope so. <laughs> well, yeah, I do a little bit. But it happens all the time. And then what happens? The guy, he goes into another world almost. He gets himself a, an iPhone. Because i got nothing against iPhones, but hey, it gives me attention. It does what I say, and I, I feel some rapport there, and it's always with me. And, you know, or they go and they play racquetball or tennis or you know, something, hunting, off with their buddies. Why, why is all that happening? Because mom's having a great time with the kids, and I'm a bit left out. So, so I'm just being honest. I've got to ask you, do you still feel left out? No. Not no, at all? Not at all. If you can't beat them, join them. You got it. A classic for squashing out the marriage relationship is your employment. Because if you're conscientious, and I believe a lot of us are, then what happens is we give more and more time to our employment. If you're self-employed or like us, like many of you, involved in a ministry then it just consumes all your time. And the, the precious relationship of marriage gets, not deliberately, but inadvertently, just put on the back burner. We have an illustration on this. We had been on the road. We just got back. Carolyn and I have a little routine that at 1 o'clock, we eat at 1.30, but somewhere around about 1 o'clock, my watch goes beep, 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 and Carolyn's watch goes beep, beep, beep. And we rendezvous in the summer. We'll go for a walk. Um, in the wintertime, it's on the couch in my office. And it's just the two of us. The children are fixing lunch or whatever. It's just the two of us. That's right, just the two of us. Well, here we were. We'd been on the road. We got back. You know, it was a day or two after we got back. And Carolyn walks into the office, and she sits down, and the phone rings. 
Not uncommon. I look at the caller ID. <laughs> Sorry, Tom. <laughs> I, did, he, I did ask him if I could use this illustration. <laughs> it says, what is Tom? I said to Carolyn, I better get this. <laughs> Mr. President, I'm lying. <laughs> <laughs> and so it'll be just be quick, just be quick. Right? It wasn't quick. In fact, it took exactly 25 minutes, which was the time that we had to sit down and talk to each other. And in case you're wondering, I didn't have a bad feeling about Tom or my husband. It was just like, okay, you know, this, that happens, doesn't it? That happens. You stuck around and listened for I about 15 minutes. I sat right minutes. next to him. <laughs> okay, so we blew it, essentially. I mean, it's, it's not a salvation issue, but, you know, <laughs> we were sitting down to, to talk and... In, in tangible terms, the telephone, my choice to answer the telephone, blotted out our time together. We don't get so much time together on the road, so we were looking forward to that. So the next day, I said, sweetie, tomorrow. Okay, tomorrow, same time. M must be just be, must be something in Tom's schedule as well, because one o'clock, ring, ring, <laughs> ring, ring, what is Tom? And I said, sweetie, don't get it. <laughs> and he didn't. <laughs> sorry, Tom. That's exactly what I said. I spoke to the telephone and I said, I'm sorry, Tom. But sat down. It was fine. He left a message. It wasn't urgent. We dealt with it later on. But it's just a tangible reality or a tangible example that we can have all the best intentions, but life has a habit of just crowding in on us, the expectations of others or the expectations that we think that they expect us to do. And normally, if, did you follow that? <laughs> it's here where the, the problem is oftentimes. Oh, they're, they're going to expect me to do this. Not necessarily. We need to be saying, God, what do you expect me to do? <clears throat> we could really sum all of that out with one word and we would call it life. You fill in the blanks of what your life is and how it follows into that. I want to give you an example. It was 17 years ago. We'd been married for five years, as Paul said. At that point, no children, just the two of us. Can you, would you imagine that life could have taken over? Is that possible after five years? I mean, we're just on honeymoon for five years, really, weren't we? Newlyweds? <laughs> I'd be nice. <laughs> It was before we'd met this ministry, we were living in England at the time, we'd been missionaries overseas, and now we were missionaries to our own country, and we were co-porters, then that turned into a bunch of Bible studies, which turned into a branch Sabbath school, and we were so invested in that, that even though we didn't have children, we had zero time for us. In fact, we almost felt like us time would be kind of selfish, and so we didn't have any. And somewhere in all of that, during all of that time, Tom was visiting in England and Restoration came over before we knew who Restoration was. And we began listening to these kinds of messages and we just looked at each other and thought, wow, that is nothing like what our life is about. And we wanted what we saw. And so we began to start trying to have us time. And if you remember, we bought hiking shoes and we went walking in the hills in England and it felt really kind of funny because we were just doing something for the two of us. It felt kind of weird. So if that happens to you, don't you, you don't have to put yourself under a guilt trip that you're spending time. We did not realize how vital nurturing us time really was. We didn't understand. You know, many marriages don't make it to 22 years because they didn't foster and nurture something right here. So we, we now understand how important that is now, but we didn't then. It's just come ye apart and... <clears throat> Rest a while. Talk to me. Remember me. <clears throat> so we want to recap, because we want to get on to some of the solutions here. Mm -hmm. But recapping, what buries marriage? Too many commitments. You know which ones are infringing upon your marriage, so be thinking here. Church and all that goes with it. Children, <laughs> our precious children. Work. All these things are good, aren't they? Children, work, church. <laughs> got to do all those. But we've got to do them not to the detriment of an institution that came out of the Garden of Eden, along with the Sabbath. 
personal interests. We didn't talk about that the average um, American spends 26 hours a month browsing the web, plus four and a half hours on their mobile device. The average American. That's the average, Ameri average American marriage. And they say we haven't got time for each other. 26 hours on the web, virtually an hour a day. Life, generally. You know, husbands, I want to challenge you. You don't have to look it up now. You might even know it by heart. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 25. Husbands, you know it? Love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and, and gave himself for it. Yes, we know that Christ gave himself for his people. But it says, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church. Now, brothers, that is not an optional extra. It's not something that if you have time for, you can do that. It's a command of God. Husbands, love your wives. That means actually doing something, not just thinking, yes, I love her. That's great. That's a, a great start. Because I know there's probably some in this congregation that can't even go that far in their thinking. But brothers, if you love your wife, then in this case, actions are going to speak louder than just the thoughts. You need to express that. Let, hang on. Go, hang for on. go for it. <laughs> it says, brothers, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. But I think a lot of us are slowly getting this reversed. And we're loving all the things we have to do, and we're not expressing our love to our dear wives. In the verse prior to that, Ephesians 5.24, it says, As the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands. Not a very popular concept today. But, you know, are we loving and supporting our husbands as we should? Are we there for them, seeking to help them be the head of the household? Now, if your husband is a dictator, that might not feel too good for you right now, and we can't really go there necessarily, but encouraging our husbands to be where they need to be in the family, the head of the household. Maybe you've been it for all these years, and it feels kind of good, because you can get things how you want them to happen in your home. But if really you know that your husband is longing to be, and you're not giving him the room... That also is part of what needs to happen to re-establish our marriages. Time is what we need together. And I know you're saying, oh, no, Paul, not, not time again. <laughs> because every marriage message that this ministry gives, we talk about you spending time together. Are you getting the message? <laughs> Are we going to have to do it next year as well? Talk about time. You know, people find time to update their blog. Oh, we did this. Oh, we did that. And here's a picture or two. Or maybe even on Twitter. You know, I'm mowing the grass now. I do Twitter. Um, Not that kind. My Twitter's this style. I, I like this Twitter. <laughs> I Twitter in his ear. Try that. Spend as much time doing that as you do the other Twitter, and it'll rejuvenate your marriage, I can tell you. As we were traveling here, I saw this guy with a T-shirt on. And I, it had writing on the front, and I had to read it. It said something about the internet, and as I read it, it said, the internet is down, so I thought I'd come outside. And I thought, doesn't that just paint a picture? The internet is down, so I thought I'd better tune into everything else that was going on on the planet, rather than this 15.4-inch little screen in front of me. Friends, our, our world is changing, and we are getting changed along with it, and it's not good. We need to get back and forget Twitter. Twitter in the ear. <laughs> it's much more fun. Just doing, <laughs> just doing the dishes together. It's just a little bit of time. It doesn't have to be that you just always just gaze into each other's eyes, although that's great too. But just doing practical things. But the two of you are doing it together. <clears throat> Just a call on the cell phone. Just out of the blue. Thinking of you. Or a note in his lunchbox. 
that says, I love you. You can get those little heart-shaped sticky notes, you know, in Staples or whatever. You don't even have to write hardly anything on there because the message in bright pink says it all, but stick it in his lunchbox and see what reaction you get. Now, I, you know, if you just listen to this and you don't do anything, then we might as well have not said anything because <laughs> the idea of what we are speaking about is to encourage you to do something. So how many of you, put your hand up, if you, not yet, because you don't know what you're putting your hand up to, <laughs> but how many of you are going to do some of this stuff? I just need to know. Okay, we got about 50%, all right? Well, maybe the rest will be convinced by the time we're done. I'm, I'm not convinced yet. <laughs> I'm not moving on. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, so if you're not planning on doing any of this, then why are you here? Because they're waiting to get inspired. All right, be inspired. <laughs> Just look at her for a minute, or him. Doesn't that inspire you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Come on, brothers and sisters. We need to express our love and affection. If we don't get you energized in this message, I hope we'll get you Friday night when we talk about romance. I think so. So that's little bits of time. And then there's more significant chunks of time, maybe a meal out together. I'm not going to ask you when the last time was, but you know, spending a couple of hours going into town, just the two of you. Maybe it's a candlelit evening that you have together. Or maybe, now this, I know that most of you wouldn't find this particularly a thrill, but I do. Maybe it's snowshoeing by moonlight. But it got, it's got to be the two of you. And, you know, two in the morning is so much better than nine at night somehow. And I'll wake him up, sweetie, look outside. And he's like, oh, no, <laughs> it's a full moon. <laughs> and he knows I'm going to go whether he comes or not. But, you know, we live in the woods and there's mountain lions and all kinds of stuff, even in the middle of winter. So he doesn't really like me going on my own. And so he comes with me. There's nothing more romantic than snowshoeing by moonlight at two in the morning. Is there, sweetie? <laughs> I can think of a few things. <laughs> but, you know, and maybe this is what is striking you now. When Carolyn says to me, sweetheart, you know, do you want to go snowshoeing? It's a full moon and it's glistening on the snow. Do you know what fills my heart? Not really. Dread. <laughs> I mean, what temperature is it out there? <laughs> it, it's, it's minus something. Oh, dear. So, you know, it's nice and warm in the here. <laughs> But it's the thought of it that is more off-putting. Once I'm out there, I enjoy every bit as much as she does. Maybe that's what you're, what's some of the 50% of the congregation here who didn't put their hand up. Maybe it's the thought of it. Just do it. Just try it out. <laughs> try it out. And then don't be too proud to say, actually, that was a lot of fun. We're going to go more into this subject in the romance message, but how about even just the two of you going on a vacation together? Just the two of you. Without the children. You hear how quiet it goes? <laughs> We're not going to say anymore because you've got to come back here tomorrow evening to find out if we actually did do that. Kind of like a honeymoon or a second, second honeymoon. honeymoon. Maybe you didn't get a first one, but it would be a... Anyway, more about that. Our marriage is not going to come to the reality that God wants it to be without prayer. Now, I know we're covering the basics here. We've talked about time together. Now we're going to talk about prayer. But again, I, I want you to interact with us. How many of you pray together, out loud, to each other, at least once a week? Let's see your hands up. Just trying to get an idea of where our congregation is. Okay. How many of you pray together out loud once a day? Okay. So the rest of you, I presume that you are praying, but obviously you're not praying together. Carolyn and I have found one of the greatest blessings in our marriage has been to pray together out loud. That's gone quiet again. Why, why does it go quiet at that point? Is, is the Lord working on your hearts? It is, I found out things about some of my wife's struggles, even though we have good communication. As I hear her talking to the Lord, it, it makes my heart tender. And I, I learn things about my wife. She learns things about me. 
we're able, do you think we as speakers would ever get into an argument, Carolyn and I? Ask the they didn't even answer that question, wifey. <laughs> Come on, folks. Do you think we, do you think we, self sometimes gets into our communication? And I want my way, and she wants her way, and we're not listening to each other. Do you think that happens? Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> Just tone it down a little bit. <laughs> but it does. But what an opportunity if it hasn't happened before, because I don't know what it's like with your heart, I should imagine it's fairly much the same as mine, is that she doesn't want to do it my way, and she's not listening to me, and she got upset with me, and she needs to say sorry for that, and when's she going to do it? And it's my heart that's all wrong, and yeah, I kind of know that, but it's much easier to straighten out her heart than it is my heart, you know? And I'm not saying that's right, but that's how the mind thinks. But what an opportunity. Can you kneel down at the end of the day and pray together when you've got a grudge? No. Not in all sincerity. You can fake it, yeah, but not in all sincerity. So we've had opportunities where we've said kind of, yeah, I'm sorry, <laughs> during the day, and we kind of do that because we know we're supposed to do that. But then when we come to go to bed and we pray, if there's still residuals there, we can say, you know, sweetheart, I am sorry for how I spoke to you and then commit it to the Lord in prayer. That will bind you together. It's just a simple act of praying as couples. So we've looked at time together, larger portions of time, smaller portions of time. We've looked at prayers. And something else is going to take you. Nothing of this is rocket science. You've heard it all before. It's just in a different concept, maybe, context. But effort, it's going to take effort. Now, back on the table back there, there are some picture albums of the different ministry families, and you'll see a picture album there of the Rain family. If you go right back to the beginning of it, you'll see a little itty-bitty travel trailer we lived in for six years, and then a, what looks like a cow shed. If you've not seen it before, go take a look. The cow shed was our Irish home, and we did change it from a cow shed before we lived in it, but it took, it took an awful lot out of us to achieve that. It took time. It took effort, it took perseverance, blood, sweat and tears and money and all else in between to finally get a finished product of a beautiful Irish cottage that not only could we live in, but the Lord had a sell to move here. And so it was a saleable item. It took a whole lot of things. And maybe your marriage feels a bit like the cow shed. It isn't looking very pretty right now. It's going to take effort. Now, effort is a word we don't like to hear. Oh, effort. But you know, when the Lord gives you his rejuvenating power, that effort becomes exciting. It was not a drudgery to fix up that little cottage that we fixed up. It was exciting. It took years to fix it up. I don't think it needs to take years to reestablish and rejuvenate your marriage, our marriage. It doesn't need to take that long. But it is going to take some effort, some commitment. You're going to have to say no to certain things that you've been saying yes to for a long time. And people might not understand you, but as they see your marriage begin to shine, they're going to want what you have, and they're going to want to come and find out what's been going on in your family that's changed things. Can you tell a marriage that is really connected on fire? I think the world can generally. We call them newlyweds <laughs> because they're still glowing. But why can't we be newlyweds after 22 years? Amen. Amen. Thank you, sister. <laughs> So let's recap. It's going to take our time. Do you have time for your marriage? Are you going to take the time to dig up your marriage and make it shine? You know, it's important as God's people that we are witnessing for our Lord, that we are sharing our faith. But oftentimes that can be getting out of the vehicle because you're just had an argument with your wife, whilst you go out and knock on doors to see if people are interested in buying the desire of ages. Now, that is a kind of a witnessing, but what if they see you just beaming from eye to eye, walking out of Walmart, you open the door for her, you give her a kiss, and you shut the door, and there's somebody standing there. I've got to tell you. Is, is that a witness? <laughs> it happened. You've left an impression. It happened. You didn't see it two days ago. You did that when we were in the Walmart parking lot in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. And this guy looked. 
<laughs> and, I, and I didn't want him to see that I noticed, but he looked like he thought we were out of some other world. God's kingdom needs to become practically expressed out to the world. I saw in that, because I was, we were there twice, and I saw this couple come out of Walmart, and he was 10 paces ahead of her. Okay, that's normally the case when they're getting out of the store. When they go into the store, it's normally her that's 10 paces ahead. But they were coming out of the store, he was ahead, he gets to the vehicle, and he opens his door, and he sits in there, and she's trying the door like this, she's banging on the glass, and finally he reaches over and pulls up the knob, and they get in. They're preaching a message as well. But is that the message? Which message are we preaching? Brothers. You've got to try it out, guys. Hold her hand, even in Walmart. <laughs> try, just try opening the door for her next time you're going to go somewhere and see, see what reaction you get. Now, if you've been really having a tough time for years, she may not want to show you right off how that affects her, but if she doesn't, try again. And you'll find that you, it won't fail eventually to reach down into her heart if you've been having this. And if you've been getting along pretty kind of good... It'll instantly put a smile on her face. As I say to my hubby, I feel all kind of glowy when you do that. I feel like you care about me. Sets me in there and makes sure I'm comfortable and shuts the door. It's great. How about carrying stuff? I'm talking to the brothers now. Pushing the cart. Carrying the bags. Yes, Carolyn can push a cart and she can carry bags, but she should never have to. Okay? If I'm around... If not, Caleb's around. We're trying to teach Caleb. Mommy doesn't, mommy doesn't have to empty the car, okay? We do that. Treating them special. Revitalizing your marriage. Maybe it's, you know, your hubby's probably got the favorite thing he likes you to cook. And if he's anything like mine, it's always the things that seem to take the longest. <laughs> Spaghetti, spaghetti just isn't his favorite thing. So it's always those ones. And, you know, on a Friday, Friday morning, as I'm thinking about Sabbath coming up, if I could ask him, and I don't, I try to do it secretly so he doesn't know. And the children know, Mommy's mom is making cheesecake. It's his favorite thing. Cheesecake takes longer, doesn't it, than some things do, you know? But he really enjoys that. That's just one little thing you can do to help reestablish. I am sure when you were newlyweds, you tried to cook things that he liked. Try it now. See what reaction you get when you do that. You know, it speaks in more than one way, and we know that the way to some guys is right here. So if that's the case, <laughs> to their hearts is this way and then kind of up a bit. If that's the case, try it out. See what happens. So again, brothers and sisters, how many of you are going to go home and do some of this stuff? Okay, praise the Lord, we're up to about 60% now. <laughs> so we just keep talking till it's 100? Maybe we'll find something that they, everybody can connect with. You know, this isn't going to get me many votes, I don't think, but brothers, if you would clean the windows at home, what a smile that would put on her face. Oh, she'll say something like, I've been meaning to do that for, you know, weeks. Or, oh, it's so nice, I can see the birds. And girls, what you don't want to say to a point like that is, finally he did it. Because <laughs> that kind of kills it right there. And chances are that you won't do it again for the next 20 years. So you've got to just ignore all of that. You know what the Lord can do with all that garbage? He can take care of that and go, fantastic, sweet, look at that. It's almost like there isn't any glass. <laughs> and ladies, if he missed a bit... Don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. He can see it as well. <laughs> oh, yes. This is just a simple thing as well, but when your wife cooks you your favorite meal or one of those ones that you know takes longer, thank you, dear. will go a long way. I'm amazed at myself sometimes, and I observe it in others, that, you know, somebody puts all this effort together, and we say, oh, that was great, <laughs> and push off and, and go somewhere else. That was great. Yeah, it was great, but who made it great? Who put all the effort who thought through, oh yeah, I need to get such and such from the store, and put all the effort into making that happen. So thank you. Also, some of those practical things, you know, we've said this before, but the scriptures talk about the wife um, 
surrendering to the leadership of the husband. And I know that's not real popular in the world, and it's not even very popular in the church today. But, you know, Carolyn has no problem when she's about to do the vacuuming, and I say, sweetie, let me do it. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not surrendering to you. No, it's, well, go ahead. Go for it. <laughs> no problem with surrender whatsoever. <laughs> Surrender's the wrong word there, but I can't think of the submitting, maybe. It works, it works. Or even the washer and the dryer. Men, it's not that complicated. You know, the, the washer has got the, the smaller tub and the dryer is that one with the big hole in the front. And you, you put the dirty clothes in the washer. You know, if you don't know what the dials mean, it doesn't take a lot to learn. Ask your children, they probably know. And then in the dryer, you can even set the little beeper so you know when it's finished. And, you know, if you were to just to do that, it would put a smile on your wife's face. If you do that regular, think of something else that you don't do. Something out of the ordinary is what we're trying to make it the ordinary necessary. And as I said, just being with him. So, you know, my hubby tinkers around with his screwdrivers and all those other things he does out there <laughs> in his garage. And I don't know what he's really doing, but... Nor does he. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. I did think it, but I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> But at least if I'm there with him when he doesn't know what he's doing, it makes him feel better. So I hand him this and I hand him that. And you could be thinking there's 101 things I could be doing rather than messing out in the garage with him right now. But try it out. It's actually a lot of fun. And you just have some close time together. No, this isn't some great romantic date you're on. We're going to talk more about that on Friday. But this is just time reestablishing what used to be there that's gotten dusted over. Now, I just want to clarify that you're not in the garage with me all the time no. that I'm in there. No. Okay. Because that wouldn't work either. <laughs> just want to bring get, some balance Because he wouldn't that. get his cheesecake, so... <laughs> well, I wasn't thinking that, but... <laughs> Men, do things break in your house? Yeah, everybody's house. The, the garden fence has fallen off, or, you know, the picture hook off the back has fallen... Guys, we can fix that kind of stuff with the Lord, even if you're not very handy. You know, you can do that. And even if you can't do it, if she sees you trying to do it, it will put a smile on her heart. So, brothers, be watching out for things you can fix. You know, Carolyn, she... Um, how to say this? <laughs> just say it. I don't know what he's going to say, but just say it. <laughs> She's not super techie. All right, that's how I'm going to put it. And that's often the case for ladies. But she is wanting to be techie. And she, she said, sweetheart, I want, my laptop is pretty much shot. The battery doesn't work anymore, and it's so huge for taking around. I want to get myself one of those little netbooks. You know, this was before iPad days, so fortunately, because netbooks are a little bit cheaper. <laughs> And um, so she said, like a pink one. And I'm thinking, boy, that's going to be spendy. <laughs> you know, you get a black one, they're, they're, they're pretty standard, pink one. Anyway, I went online, and you were online as well, and started looking. I kept emailing her some of, hey, this one might work. Well, she said, I don't, I don't know the specs. You tell me the specs. So I gave her the specs. They're all pretty much the same anyway on those netbooks. I said, watch out for battery life. Anyway, she's browsing the web, and she's saving up her money, and then she says, sweetheart, I'm going to do it. And I said, I'm going to do what? <laughs> I'm going to get that pink netbook. I says, well, what are you going to use it for? I mean, you've already got a laptop. Oh, no. It's, and she's got all these plans. Got to have her exercise DVDs on there and a prayer list and a journal and a calendar and... Bible. Bible and spirit of prophecy and all these things. And, you know, she's going to sit by the fire and she's going to be on that and having a quiet time. So I'm engaged in this. I'm thinking, great. I mean, she's getting techie. This, I like that. But when she gets it, it's got all this stuff on. Sweetheart, what's this popping up here? And she wants me to go through it and take off all the stuff. Well, I got a lot to do. And, you know, I really, for somebody who's techie, I really don't like computers that much that I want another one in my life. You're going to say something? No, oh, I keep thinking you're going to say something. But I spent some time, you know, cleaning it up. And then she says, hey, I want to get some Bluetooth headphones. So when I'm doing my workout DVD, you know, not everybody has to hear it. 
And I'm thinking, wow, she's really getting techie. But have you ever tried, I mean, it's, it was easier with these other headphones we got, but those first headphones we got a few years ago, trying to pair up these Bluetooth devices, I couldn't do it. I knew she'd never have done it. But now there, there's, a, there's a couple at our church, and he's got a netbook as well, and he saw Carolyn's netbook, and they got chatting backwards and forwards. And Carolyn was saying, yeah, I've got Bible on here, and I've got Spirit of Prophecy, and I've got my Bluetooth headphones. And he's looking at her thinking, you got all that stuff? Wow, that is amazing. <laughs> but it was because it was my little gift of time to get Carolyn set up with all of that. And every day she uses it. Those little things, that makes you glowy, doesn't it? It makes me glowy. And you know, tech support is really great. It's not hours on the phone. I can just go, sweetie, what did I do wrong this time? <laughs> and he just does this, this, and this, and I'm good to go. <laughs> I don't know how she did it one time, but she changed the screen resolution so that there was only a little bit of the screen. And when she moved her mouse across, the whole desktop came across, <laughs> or up and down. And <laughs> I don't know what I did. I don't know how she did that, but anyway, we fixed it. And it was <laughs> he can always fix it. I know that. <laughs> but it's just an illustration, brothers, of little bits of time, little acts of service, little bits of kindness that we can do for our wives that will bring the marriage relationship up to the sparkle that God always intended it to be. We have four minutes left. We want to challenge you in these last four minutes. We're going to do something a little bit different. Sorry, cameramen, I should have given you a cue on this. I want couples to pray together. Just, you can either stay in the seat or you can kneel down. And children, you can pray amongst yourselves or just silently. Pray for mom and dad. They need your prayers. But couples... Either out loud, just very quietly, get, get intimate, get close together, and just pray for each other and for your marriage. Should we do that just now? We're going to do the same. We'll just do it for a few minutes, and then I will close uh, with a congregational prayer. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the sacredness, for the specialness of marriage, Father, we've committed in front of, for many of us, a whole church, that we will love and honor and cherish each other. <clears throat> but Father, we know it's the, the reality that the busy world we live in tends to bury it all. Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit would work upon our hearts, that we would do a little something this very day to give our marriage a sparkle, that we would allow you to come into our hearts and fill us with love and that we could express that to the one that next to you is the most dearest to us in all the world. And Father, we thank you for hearing our prayers. Bless each couple. And for those that are contemplating marriage, Father, we pray that you will bless them too. For those that have maybe lost a their spouse. Father, we thank you that you are willing to be a spouse to all of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.com dot org.